For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Paul's Life and Letters, For or Against Torah. This is part two of the series. So Paul then, and looking at his life in the book of Acts, he's being accused of not following the Torah and teaching others to not follow the Torah. He takes a vow to demonstrate that the accusations are false. Then he goes on to say in his testimony that they cannot prove the accusations that they're making against me. But he then said that he believes all things that are written in the Torah. And we see in the book of Acts that Paul keeps the Sabbath and he keeps the festivals. He keeps the feast of Shavuot. And being so as he testified zealous for the tradition of his fathers, which is the Pharisaic view of the Bible, wherein they view that there is a written Torah and an oral Torah, and the oral Torah supersedes the written Torah. In other words, what the rabbis teach, the oral Torah, the interpretation of the written supersedes what the written says. This being the Pharisaic view of the Hebrew scriptures and then given that following Yeshua's death, the religious authorities, the rabbis of Pharisaic Judaism, that they did not accept that Yeshua was the Messiah of Israel. They did not accept that he was the Messiah of the world. Paul, in being zealous for his faith, believing that everything that he believed about the scriptures was right and true, invalid, he ended up persecuting believers in Yeshua as the Messiah and his initial non-acceptance that Yeshua was the Messiah as prophesied in the Hebrew scriptures. So Acts chapter 9 in verses 1 and 2 it is written, and Paul breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord or Yeshua went to the high priest and desired of him or requested of the high priest that letters would be written and then taken to Damascus to the synagogues proclaiming that if there was found there any of this way, that is those believing that Yeshua is Messiah, whether they be men or women, that he would capture them and bring them back to Jerusalem to the Pharisaic authorities. Now in Acts 
chapter 7. This is the account where Stephen was falsely accused. And when Stephen gives his testimony that he believes those things written in the Torah and the prophets and that they testify that Yeshua is the Messiah, that the religious Jews who did not accept that Yeshua was the Messiah, that they responded by accusing him of blasphemy in the sentence of blasphemy was to be stoned. And so this is what happened to Stephen in Acts chapter 7 verse 58, that they cast Stephen out of the city and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And it says in Acts chapter 7 verse 59 that they stoned Stephen calling upon God and saying Lord Yeshua receive my spirit and so we're then told in Acts chapter 8 and verse 1 that Paul consented unto Stephen's death so in being zealous for his faith Paul not only persecuted believers but in certain instances advocating their death well in the midst of Paul's zeal for what he believed was the valid expression of his faith as he understood through the teachings of the Pharisees the understanding of the Torah. He's on his way to Damascus where he's intending upon finding believers there and capturing them, bringing them back to Jerusalem. On his way to oppose believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, Yeshua appears to Paul on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9 verses 3 and 4. And as he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And Paul fell to the earth and he heard the voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul why do you persecute me? And Paul replied, Who are you Lord? And the Lord said, I am Yeshua whom you persecute. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it will be told to you what you must do. Now Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 12. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, who to him the Lord told him in a vision, Ananias. And Ananias responded, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And so in this experience, Yeshua explains to Paul that he is a chosen vessel of Yeshua and he has a great and major ministry task to do for Yeshua's kingdom. Acts chapter 9 verse 15 it is written, But the Lord said unto him, Go your way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. So after Paul meets Yeshua on the road to Damascus and Yeshua reveals to Paul who he is and commissions him regarding what the Lord's calling him to do for his kingdom, then following this event, Paul gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 9 verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. 
and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Yeshua, appeared unto you in the way as you came. He sent me that you might receive your sight and that you might be filled with the Holy Spirit. So once Ananias laid hands upon Paul and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, Paul then went back into the synagogues and he proclaimed and shared in the synagogues from the Torah and the prophets that Yeshua indeed is the Messiah of Israel and the Messiah of the world. So in Acts chapter 9 verses 19 and 20 it is written, And when Paul had received meat, which is a reference to having a deeper understanding of realizing that Yeshua is the Messiah and seeing him in the Torah, he was strengthened. And right away he preached Messiah in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. And so we can see in the book of Acts that Paul traveled from city to city, from synagogue to synagogue, and each Sabbath he shared in the synagogues that Yeshua is the Messiah. Acts chapter 17 verses 1 through 3 it is written, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews and Paul as his manner was he went into them and for three Sabbath days, that means three weeks, he reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Messiah needed to suffer and to rise again from the dead and that Yeshua, who Paul is sharing to them is indeed the Messiah of Israel. And so what did Paul teach in the scriptures about Yeshua once he came to the revelation that Yeshua is indeed the Messiah of Israel and the Messiah of the world? Well, we see in Philippians in chapter 2 in verses 9 through 11 that Paul taught that Yeshua is Yahweh. In Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 it is written, Wherefore God has highly exalted him, that is Yeshua, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord, or we would render this in Hebrew Yahweh, that every knee should confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Yahweh to the glory of God the Father. Now, what Paul was teaching in Philippians in chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, which I just shared with you, he was referring to Isaiah in chapter 45 and verses 22 and 23, as it is written. Look unto me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. And I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee should bow and every tongue should confess or swear. And so in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, Paul was making a reference to Isaiah chapter 45, verses 22 and 23. And in Isaiah chapter 45, verses 22 and 23, it does not say Yeshua that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess, but it says God or in Hebrew Elohim. So therefore, by making a reference to Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23, Paul was 
making the connection or the association that Yeshua is God. Yeshua is Elohim and Elohim is Yahweh, that Yeshua is Yahweh and that every knee should bow and every tongue should confess this biblical truth. And so in Titus, in chapter 2, in verse 13, Paul wrote, looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. So Paul understood by re-examination of the Hebrew scriptures and of the Torah that Yeshua is God and Lord. He's God and Yahweh. And Paul wrote and taught that it's the Holy Spirit, or in Hebrew, the Ruach HaKodesh, who reveals that Yeshua is Messiah. And that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, at the end of the verse, no man can say that Yeshua is Yahweh except by the Holy Spirit. Paul also wrote in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, regarding Yeshua, that Yeshua is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of every creature. Paul wrote regarding Yeshua in his relationship to the Father in the Holy Spirit. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, for in him, in Yeshua, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Godhead being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Paul taught that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth. We see this in Colossians chapter 1 in verses 15 and 16 as it is written, who is the image of the invisible God. That's Yeshua. Then Paul says, for by him, that is the image of the invisible God, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Paul taught in Galatians in chapter 3 that it was Yeshua who made covenant with Abraham. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say seeds as of many, but as of one into your seed, which is Messiah. So when Paul says now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, he doesn't say seeds. He was pointing out Genesis chapter 17, verse 7, which says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you in their generation for an everlasting covenant to be a God into you, into your seed after you. So Paul says it was to Abraham and his seed that the promises were made to. He didn't say seeds, but he said to your seed, the seed being Messiah. Then he goes on to say in Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 that if you are Messiah, in other words, if you accepted Yeshua as your Savior and Lord, if you've been saved by grace through faith, if you are Messiah, a part of his family, a part of his kingdom, then you are Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to the promise. Well, how is it when I believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, how is it when I've been saved by grace through faith 
whenever I've made Yeshua Savior and Lord of my life, how does that cause me to be an heir of what was promised to Abraham? The only way that that is possible, given that whenever you accept Yeshua as your Savior and as your Lord, in doing so, you enter into covenant relationship with Him. The Bible describes this in the context of a marriage relationship. You've entered into a marriage relationship with Yeshua, that given now that you are in covenant relationship with Yeshua, when you make him Savior and Lord of your life, how then does that cause you to be an heir of what was promised to Abraham? Only if it was Yeshua who made covenant with Abraham, because when I am in covenant with Yeshua, I also, by extension, am in covenant with everyone that he's in covenant with. And so Yeshua made covenant with Abraham. I'm in covenant with Yeshua because I have accepted him as my Savior and Lord of my life. Therefore, that is how I'm an heir of what was promised to Abraham. So Paul taught regarding Yeshua that he is Yahweh, that no one can say that he's Yahweh except by the Holy Spirit, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Yahweh to the glory of God the Father. He taught in Titus chapter 2 verse 13 that Yeshua is God and Paul taught that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth. He made covenant with Abraham and that Yeshua is the Messiah and our Savior. Titus chapter 2 verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Yeshua HaMashiach. He goes on to say in Titus chapter 2 verse 14 that Yeshua gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. So in other words, Yeshua is not only God. Yeshua is my Savior. Yeshua is the Redeemer of Israel, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Paul also taught that Yeshua is our Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for even Messiah, our Passover is sacrificed for us. And so in Yeshua being the Messiah of Israel, being the Messiah of the world, being our Savior, being our Redeemer, Paul taught that Yeshua, when he died on the tree, he died so that we can receive forgiveness of our sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures. Then Paul explains in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 and 4 that when Messiah died on the tree, he not only shed his blood so that we can receive forgiveness of our sins when we repent of our sins and accept Yeshua as our Savior and Lord, but then Yeshua rose again. He was resurrected the third day according to the scriptures. That is what is written in the Torah and the prophets. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What scriptures? The Hebrew scriptures, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. And then he says, and he 
explains the significance that not only Yeshua died and shed his blood so that we can receive forgiveness of our sins, but the significance of him being resurrected on the third day. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 that if Messiah is not resurrected or risen from the dead, then is our preaching vain and our faith is vain also. And Paul taught in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 that Yeshua died for our sins while we were sinners. But God commanded his love toward us that while we were sinners, Messiah died for us. And in receiving Yeshua as the Messiah of Israel, the Messiah of the world, being our Savior, that in order to make him our Savior, we cannot trust in our own righteousness or our own good deeds for our salvation. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 9, in being found in him, not having my own righteousness, but that which is through the faith of Messiah, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So in our own merit, we cannot have and establish our own righteousness in God. That Yeshua, he is our righteousness. And by receiving him into our hearts and into our lives, confessing our sins and receiving his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins and making him Savior and Lord of our lives, he is our righteousness. He becomes our righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So this is a part of a covenantal exchange that's associated with blood covenant. Yeshua shed his blood when he died on the tree. Whenever we receive him as Savior and Lord of our lives, we are entering into a marriage relationship that is based upon blood covenant. And as part of making a blood covenant, there's an exchange of garments. So we exchange our sin for his righteousness. And so his righteousness becomes our righteousness because we don't have righteousness in ourselves, separate from him. Paul taught that Yeshua is our righteousness in Romans chapter 3, verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which which is by faith of Yeshua Messiah, and it's for all them that believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, Paul taught, but of him are you in Messiah Yeshua, who is of God, in that Yeshua is made unto us wisdom. He's made unto us righteousness. He's made unto us sanctification and redemption. And so our righteousness is of him. He is our righteousness. And by receiving him, we are made righteous in him. When Yeshua shed his blood, when he died on the tree so that we could receive forgiveness of sins, as Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us, that Messiah's death was the means by which God the Father would be able to reconcile the world unto himself. Because sin separates us 
from relationship with the God of Israel. And Yeshua's death on the tree is going to make payment for our sins so that reconciliation can be made between God the Father and a sinful world. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, to wit that God was in Messiah reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses against them. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, Paul's life and letters, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.